Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 202. <laughs> I've just been messing around with uh, all of my podcast recording gear and uh, softwares. It just wouldn't pick up my mic. <laughs> and I was just getting so frustrated that I couldn't get my mic to connect. But I did it and we're here together, episode 202. Welcome back. So I had a really crappy week last week. Well, a crappy sleep week. Uh, I did not sleep enough. Uh, and I had a hard week with Hank because he had a hard week. He... Uh, experiences arthritis and pain in his joints and it was a really hot week here as well so he was in pain uh, and he was really hot so he was really uncomfortable and he was just feeling a bit off Uh, and for those women out there that lead little humans in their lives when they feel off they just require a little bit more attention and nurturing uh, and it can be a little harder for us, mamas and fur mamas. <laughs> so it was a bit of a hard week with Hank. And also, I just didn't sleep enough. I was only averaging like six and a half hours, which ain't enough for me. Uh, I do really well on at least seven and a half. If I can get eight, I'll get eight. And I think it's a bit of a seasonal thing for me, which we're going to talk a little bit about today uh, in our podcast conversation. But here in the north in summer, we have eight extra hours of daylight, so it doesn't get dark until about 10.30 p.m. uh, And then it's light at 5.35, no, probably more 5, yeah, 5, 5.20 a.m., And so that's a lot of light, not a lot of darkness, which is the complete opposite of how we roll here in the north in wintertime, um, where it gets dark at 3.30, p.m. doesn't get light until about 8 or 8.30 a.m. And I've spoken a little bit about this before on the podcast, training with the seasons and how big seasonal shifts and rhythms definitely can change how we approach life, our training, our nutrition. Uh, And I will pop the link to that podcast episode in the show notes. But we are going to talk today a little bit about how to be adaptable, how to approach uh, our training based on uh, things that come up in our body and our life. So hard week, not a lot of sleep. I did have eight hours last night, which is very cool. Uh, And I am doing all the strategies that (laughs) I would normally do to uh, support my sleep, but just not getting enough. So that is a really big focus for me over the next couple of weeks is to get more sleep. Uh, And Hank is doing much better. It's not as hot here this week. Uh, What else is going on? Well, I finished the sprint 
And then I had a few days off. And in those few days, I started a bunch of new things. It's kind of cool when you give yourself the space uh, and you, you feel like you have more bandwidth, more capacity. And then I fill it. <laughs> uh, but with all really cool, fun things. So I started to learn Italian and I am on day 12 of learning Italian. Uh, actually, last night, which, you know, we got to bed earlier, 9.30, 9.40, and I had been reading for about 30 or 40 minutes. And then as, you know, lights out, as I'm going to sleep, I was like, oh, I didn't do my Italian. I'm normally doing it at lunchtime. So I'll sit there, I'll eat my lunch, and I'll do my 15 minutes of Italian. I committed to a 30-day streak when I started it 12 days ago. And so <laughs> I'm laying there and I gave myself like 10 minutes trying to be like, you know what? It's not a big deal. It's just a day. But when I commit myself to something, I and I I'm a, like I do it. And so then I have a really hard time not doing the thing when I said I'm going to I'm going to do the thing. And there's been many times when I used to write a daily blog that uh I, you know, it would come to the end of the day and then I would go to bed and I realized I hadn't written my blog. So I'd get up and I'd write it because I said that I was going to do that. I've done that a few times with the emails uh, that I'm sending uh, two to three times a week. And if you want to get on that list and receive my emails, pop on the list. Uh, and so last night I hadn't done my Italian. <laughs> So I got myself up out of bed at like 10 p.m. and did just like five minutes of Italian. So I am on a 12-day streak, streak, day 12 of my streak. And I'm learning Italian because we are going to Italy, southern Italy next September. So my goal is to be able to understand it a little bit, read it a bit and speak it a little bit. And I think I'll get a uh, tutor that can tutor me in the spring for a few months before we go. So that's super fun. Uh, Carson and I started salsa dancing lessons last Thursday. So we're doing a six-week intro beginner uh, salsa dancing block, which is very fun. And that was super cool. And then after that, we might continue it on. Uh, I think we're thinking about doing it for about a year and getting, I guess, okay. <laughs> you can't really get amazing at anything in a year. Uh, and obviously, obviously, I want to be a master at it. Like everything that I do, I want to master it. Uh, but we're thinking of continuing it on doing the fundamentals. And we really just want to be able to go to a salsa club and bust out some really cool salsa moves. I think it's such a sexy dance. And I just want to be like, hot and sweaty and sexy and dancing with my lover in heels and a really cool dress doing salsa. So that's our little summer project that we're doing. So we started salsa, uh, which is very fun. And then we also started playing pickleball. Now, I'm not one for the old racket sports. Never played a racket sport. Growing up, uh, I played field hockey and I really have used my own body in my sports through dancing, gymnastics. Uh, and so I, I've tried to do tennis before, but I sucked. And for those of you who know me, I don't like to do things that I'm not good at. Uh, so these three things are pretty huge for me because I just want to do things that I'm really good at. 
but you can't get good at them unless you do them. And so we started to play pickleball. We rocked up on a Sunday morning and the pickleball club was there and they all looked like pros. They totally knew what they were doing. Carson and I had never hit um, a pickleball before. And so... (laughs) Uh, we just went off to the side and we practiced for a few hours. We just practiced hitting it against the wall. I practiced my surf. We practiced playing with each other. And so that is uh, another cool project that we're going to do this summer. Uh, learn pickleball. We can be outside in the sunshine and uh, just learn a new skill. So that's what I've been doing with my time. I'm also prepping for Confidently Ever After in Nashville. That's four weeks away. So flights are booked, hotel is booked. Uh, I'm just rewriting a bit of the content. I'm organizing uh, a bunch of other stuff for the event. And I'll have about 10 or so women join me in Nashville for our second Confidently Ever After event. And then a week later, I have the event here in Vancouver. So I'm busy doing that. Uh... And just enjoying the summer, the sunshine. It's delicious. Okay, let's let's get into it. So today I want to talk to you about uh, being adaptable and why just following a program won't work, why you actually need someone to lead you. So a couple of weeks ago, we did a live coaching call inside of Warrior School and I spoke about uh, being adaptable. This whole month inside of Warrior School, we are actually focusing on adaptability and how to confidently modify and progress your training based on uh, or during times of stress, based on what's going on in your life and based on what your body is telling you. So all our coaching and teaching calls are on uh, certain topics when it comes to being adaptable and You know, I will preface this with a lot of the women that I work with are in their late 30s, uh, in their 40s or in their early 50s. And so they're in what, you know, I I call, well, their second life. And that uh, doesn't come from me. I didn't make that up. That term actually comes from Hilary Kerr. And she actually has a podcast called Second Life. And she really... What she does is uh, do podcasts with women who have career changes that can come at any age and she terms that second life and I really, I love that term or that phrase because a lot of the women that I work with are entering their second life, you know, they have... um, They have reared children that are now at an age that can take a bit of leadership and ownership and responsibility from themselves. You know, they potentially maybe left a career uh, to homeschool or to be, you know, to be mums to lead their children. Uh, Or, um, you know, I also work with women that aren't mums but have lived a certain way and are at this time in their life, most of them, you know, their early 40s, where they want to do something different. They do want to change their career. They want to change the vision that they have for their life. And so I think this term second life is really cool. Uh, it's a cool way to, to look at your life. And a lot of the women that I work with are, are in their second life or they're planning uh, 
what that second life is going to look like. And so when I'm going to talk about this stuff today, you know, being adaptable, why following a program won't work. I am speaking uh, to most of the women that I work with uh, that are mums uh, that have big careers, that lead big lives, uh, that have a lot of mental load. So they take on a lot of mental load uh, from the family unit and who really need leadership. You know, they lead others so powerfully, but they need to be led. And that's, you know, my work really is in uh, helping these women step into this second life with more power, more energy, more confidence and more strength. So I'm not saying that uh, just following a program won't work for you. Uh, it depends where you are in your life. You know, I think if I think back, it can it can really work when we're in our 20s, even our early 30s, uh, when maybe it's just us and we're really focused on us. And so, you know, we're, we can follow a program and that's totally cool. I just, it doesn't work as well when we are leading others or when we're low on energy, when we have a lot of mental load that we're carrying. Uh, it, it's very powerful for a lot of women who are in their late 30s, 40s and early 50s. So this idea of, you know, like being led, you know, leading others uh, and this, this idea of adaptability really came to me, uh, well, I started a new book. So I started reading a new book a couple of weeks ago called Carrie Soto is Back. And it's a novel by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Uh, she's also written The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, Daisy Jones and The Six. And she has others. I've read those two. I both, both of them I highly recommend. They're really great books. So this story is about a female athlete who comes out of retirement and back to the tennis court for a final Grand Slam. Basically, she's re been retired for seven years and there is a, a young uh, player that is just about to overtake her uh, title for most Grand Slam singles won. So, you know, there's this quote in the book, very early in the book, and it goes, but she's also hugely adaptable. When you play her, you're playing somebody who is adjusting on the fly, tailoring their game to your specific weaknesses. That's what makes her unbeatable. So Carrie, who's the main character, is sitting in the grandstand and she's watching the Women's US Open final. Now, I'm a huge tennis fan. I love tennis. I don't like to play it because I'm not good at it, but I love watching it. I got into it. I think when I was about 12 or 13, we went on a family holiday up to Hamilton Island, which is just off um, Queensland. But there it can, um, it has tropical storms, tropical floods. And we were on this family holiday and it rained the whole time. And it happened to be January when the Australian Open was on. And so I got into tennis, were watching tennis when I was like 12 years old. And then growing up or throughout my adolescence through high school, I watched the, I watched tennis, uh, all the Grand Slams. I've been to the Australian Open multiple times. I lived in Melbourne for seven years. Uh, so I am a huge fan of tennis. 
I had the, the biggest crush on Andy Roddick, which was uh, an American tennis player. Anyway, so I love this book because it's about tennis. And Carrie, she's one of the main characters. She's sitting in the grandstand and she's watching this uh, Women's US Open final. And one of the females playing uh, called Nikki Chan is about to tie Carrie's title for the 20 Grand Slam singles uh, one if she wins this match. And so as the females fight it out on court, Carrie is talking to her father, who was her coach, uh, about this Nikki Chan's approach to the game and how it makes her unbeatable because of her adaptability. And I, I really love that quote because it's really true. When you are hugely adaptable and know how to adjust on the fly, tailoring your training and your nutrition to what your body is telling you and what's going on in your life, you are unbeatable. You're unbeatable. You're going to win the game. And if we want to win this training game so we can, you know, get more energy, build insane strength and create the body that you love. If we want more confidence, if we want power, we've got to learn how to be hugely adaptable and to adjust on the fly. And that's what we're talking about this month inside of Warrior School. It's a it's a skill that is so important and so powerful because really, you know, we We've got to stay in the game. We've got to stay on the court, stay in the match, stay on the fields, whatever analogy you want to use. Because if we're not on there or we can't stay in there because we don't know how to adapt, we're not going to win. Yeah, we're not going to uh, achieve all of the really cool things that we want to achieve. And so today I just wanted to talk a little bit about adaptability and how we weren't taught that, you know, we weren't taught one, we weren't taught how to train properly. And when I started working with my coach, you know, 12, 13 years ago, I realized that, you know, the reason why so many women couldn't get the results that they wanted was that they weren't taught how to build a proper foundation. They weren't taught how to train properly, uh, how to build their body from the ground up. And so, And that's what we do inside of Warrior School. You know, I teach women how to build a foundation and how to train properly. And that's why we have such a huge focus on the how. How do I approach it? How do I fit it all together? How do I adjust it and modify it and progress it based on what my body's telling me and what's going on in my life? And this is one of the reasons why I don't believe for women who are in their 40s, the women that I described at the start of the podcast episode that just following a program will work for them. Uh, You need someone to lead you to teach you how to do this. I was actually just on a call with one of my warriors and we've been together for uh, almost two years now. And the thing that we spoke about was adaptability, how she could be a little bit more adaptable with her training and her food when there was really big shifts that were happening, uh, you know, when her husband went away for work, it's summer holidays now. And so the schedule is very different. And I've had multiple conversations with women in the North who are on summer holidays. The rhythm of their life is quite different. And so a lot of these conversations have been around, okay, well, how can we be a bit more fluid, a bit more dynamic? How can we adjust based on travel based on kids being home and so 
you know, if you're just following a program, but then what happens if something comes up in your life and you can't follow that program? That's where we get stuck. That's where a lot of women feel the friction and they feel like they failed because they are unsure how to adapt um, based on what's going on. So, of course, I went to Google when I was thinking about this idea, this concept. I have it written here on a pink post-it note and I thought, okay, well, what does adaptable mean? Uh, Because when I think about it, I think about being flexible, resilient, fluid and dynamic. So a lot of the times I speak a lot about being fluid and being dynamic. So Warrior School has a dynamic approach, uh, which means that, you know, I work closely with these women one on one for a year and we develop a consistent training practice. And a lot of the work I'm doing is leading them through obstacles and challenges. I'm teaching them how to adapt and progress and modify based on what's coming up in their life and in their body. So the Google says adaptable means able or willing to change in order to suit different conditions or able to be modified for a new use or purpose. So when we look at that definition, there's a couple of parts to it, able. So are we able to adapt? Now, a lot of us feel we're not able to adapt. We don't have the skill or the knowledge or the ability to do that. Again, that's totally cool because you haven't done it before and you haven't been led through it. So just following a program on an app is not going to teach you how to do that. Working with someone closely one-on-one is going to teach you how to do that. And that was one of the most powerful things that I learned from my coach. So are we able to adapt? Do we have the knowledge, the skill set to do that? Or are we willing to change? So here is where we would do a lot of mindset work. We would look at, uh, you know, what are we willing to say no to, to say yes to this? Uh, You know, what's the expectation reality gap looking like right now? Uh, How important is this goal to us? Uh, Is it a priority for us? What's, you know, how much attention are we giving this? So able or willing to change in order to suit different conditions. And so then we have the second part, which is to suit different conditions. So things are going to come up in life, different conditions, And we can really break them down into five. Uh, And there are more, but today I'm just going to talk about five. So we've got seasons, so seasonal shifts. So we've got big seasonal shifts like coming into winter and coming into summer. For a lot of women I work with, they're mums. And so they have their rhythm and their routine is very different in summer compared to winter. So we've got seasonal shifts. We've also, you know, that impacts our energy. Yeah, as I said um, before at the start of the podcast episode, in summer we have eight extra hours of daylight, which means, you know, what I'm finding is the day is stretched longer, so things are pushed back. So we're not eating dinner until like 8 or 8.30. We're not walking the dog until, you know, 8.30 or 9. I'm not going to bed until like 10 or 10.30. But then it's light in the morning and Hank, my dog, likes to get up at 5 or 5.30 for his breakfast. So 
I'm getting less sleep. Now, yes, the body is more resilient in summer because we've got more light, more sunshine. Uh, and so that definitely helps with more energy production. Uh, whereas compared to winter, uh, everything's pushed forward because it gets dark at 4 p.m. So I'm pretty much ready for dinner at 4 or 5. I'm ready for bed at 7. Uh, and I can sleep longer because it's dark out until 8 p.m. And so, but our resilience and tolerance to stress might be lower because it's there's a lot more darkness here in the north. So being aware of that and then being able and willing to adapt our training and our nutrition and our plans and our schedules and our lives gives us power and possibility and choice. But if we don't understand the importance of big seasonal shifts, if we don't understand you know, how that impacts our rhythm, our energy, our sleep, uh, well, then we just, we can't make powerful decisions. So understanding and being aware of that is the first step. And then willing and able is the second step. Uh, other conditions are periods of stress. So if we, uh, and that could be emotional, mental or physical stress. So sickness, or if our children are sick, or if someone, you know, we love or who we're caring for is sick. Uh, if we're going through a bit of financial stress or, um, you know, struggling with anxiety or depression or going through work stress, any period of stress uh, can, you know, can impact our training and our food, our nutrition and our energy. So knowing how to adapt to that is really important. Travel is another big one. So a lot of people travel, uh, travel in summer. And so we need to learn how can we adapt our plan and our strategy based on the travel. Our focus and goals can also shift. So our, you know, our priorities, our focuses, our goals, if we want to work on a particular thing, that is setting a different condition, which means therefore we might need a different strategy or plan for that condition. If we're experiencing injury or pain, that's also a different condition. And so we need to learn how to adapt to these different conditions. And this is what we're going to dive into inside of Warrior School this month on the coaching calls and teaching calls. We're going to work through these different conditions. I'm going to give my warriors a bunch of strategies to, to be able to navigate. And that's what I just did on the call before with one of my warriors we basically went through and we created some strategies to help her adapt to her schedule over the next couple of months. And so we changed her training approach. We went from three sessions to four shorter sessions. We got really clear on the time of day those sessions were going to be. And then we changed her approach to her food and her food prep. So it fit with what was going on in her life uh, right now. So this is often why diets don't work. Uh, it's why just following a program online doesn't work. Uh, and I'm not saying they don't ever work. They totally do. You know, and a lot of women do these things and they work for a while and then they don't. And what they realize, you know, what we realize is that our amazing bodies and physiology are actually quite complex. And then there are certain things that come up in life that can make this stuff a little harder. And so learning how to navigate those things is really important for us to be able to stay in the game and to keep progressing forward. 
So for example, if you've had a time of stress uh, from being sick, knowing how to uh, come back to training and have a strategy for that takes a lot of mental load off you. So knowing that, okay, well, we would just start with re-nourishing the body and trying to get the energy back in after being sick. Then the next step would be we'd head out for our walks and we would try and get our daily walks back up, our daily steps back up. Then we could look at potentially doing some zone two work to rebuild some aerobic capacity to help with mitochondria and energy generation. Alongside, we could start back with our strength training practice, but maybe we are just going to start with some bodyweight strength work or we might start with reduced volume. Potentially, we might be okay to keep the intensity. Uh, And this will depend on where you're at and how long you were sick for. It will depend on how strong your foundation was before you got sick, how long your training age is. There are so many variables in the strategy um, or how you would adapt the plan based on each individual, which is what I love about it. And this is why I love working with women one-on-one because I actually just get off on that. The fact that all of these women are so individual, their bodies are the lives that they lead. And so I love adapting their training and their plans and their nutritions based on what's coming up. I That's one of my favorite things. Uh, and so, yes, you know, I could give you uh, some foundational pieces of advice, you know, what I just explained through being sick, uh, get your nutrition back up, try and get your sleep back up if it hasn't been optimal, get the sunlight in your eyes, get your daily walking back up to where it was before being sick, start doing some zone twos again, and then come back to your training practice, but reduce the volume. And that could be reducing the volume of work by 50%, maybe 60, 70%. Uh, And try to keep the intensity uh, so that I mean like lifting, you know, reasonably heavy weights just for less sets, less reps. Uh, The sessions can be shorter as well. Uh, So that's one example. And then that will how we adapt the the strategy and the plan will depend on uh, the woman that I'm working with and what else is going on. Another example that I can give you, so seasonal shifts, how we would adapt to that. Uh, You know, for myself, I have definitely have a summer training strategy and a winter training strategy. So I spend way more time in the gym in wintertime and really focused on uh, increasing my lifts, the intensity of my training. I probably train a little bit more uh, in winter. Uh, when it comes to lifting and lifting weights than I am doing this summer. So this summer I'm spending more time outside, uh, hiking in the mountains, doing some trail running. I'm doing more zone two cardio work, doing some sprint sessions at the track, doing some plyometric work. Uh, And so I'm using outside and the more light and the sunshine, higher energy, high resilience, higher resilience to stress uh, as an opportunity to bring on a new training stimulus and to do uh, more 
cardio-based um, work compared to winter time. Also, uh, the conversation that I was having with this warrior yesterday. Uh, so her husband goes away for work and uh, the her boys are also on summer holidays. And so the rhythm... Uh, for her and her family is very different for these next few months compared to fall and winter. And again, she has a very different rhythm during those months because she's a photographer. And so she gets very busy in fall and winter time uh, with her business. And so I was saying to her that it's totally cool if we develop different strategies for you based on Uh, the different seasons and so what we did is she was feeling rushed uh, when it came to her training like she couldn't fit currently she does three uh, one hour training sessions and she does a lot of filming she takes a lot of amazing notes for me and so that takes a little bit of a longer time you know when you're looking at the videos, uh, when you're writing notes, when you're taking videos of yourself training. So she was finding that her training was taking like, you know, an hour and 20, an hour and 30 by the time that she had done everything. And she was feeling really rushed. Uh, And, you know, she was, you know, she's home by herself for the week and she needs to do her business stuff and look after the boys. So I said to her, there's a couple of different things that we could do. We could actually reduce the session times and spread them over four days. Now, I believe we need about an hour to train, you know, to do a proper session, to prepare our body, uh, to warm up properly, to get into the to the strength uh, work within the session, and then to do the accessory work at the end. I just don't believe we can really get a good session in under 45 minutes, especially if we're only training, you know, two or three times a week. So most of my warriors will train a minimum of three times and their sessions take about an hour. So, but for some of them that, uh, you know, are a little bit more pressed for time, especially during the week, what we actually do is I spread them across four sessions. So yes, they're training four days, but they're shorter sessions. So that was the first uh, strategy that we put in place. So we just adapted her training for how she was feeling and what was going on with her life right now. And we're just going to trial it. It's just an experiment. So she's going to train over four days and they're going to be shorter sessions. So our goal is to have her uh, do a a proper training session and be finished, you know, write some notes. And I said to her, you don't have to film everything for me. You could pick one to two movements and film those and just film one set, that middle set of your main strength pieces. And then you can film anything else that you're struggling with. So that takes the pressure off having to film a lot of videos. Uh, and so she's going to train four days and the sessions are going to be about 45, 50 minutes long. And so we don't miss out on anything because I get to spread that other work into that fourth day. She's going to video Uh, one to two videos each session uh, and then 
We also put some more constraints around training times. So what works really well for her is if she trains mid-morning or uh, mid-afternoon. And so we said, okay, on those four days, you either train around, you know, 10 or 11 in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon. And you need to make that promise to yourself and set your schedule up uh, for you to be able to do that. And then we also uh, have been working on enrolling her husband to help her with the food stuff. And we've done this over multiple sessions. But before he goes away, he does the food shopping, he does the meal planning. And so everything's planned and in the fridge ready for her to prepare the meals. Uh, She was also feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the idea of having to prep a whole week's worth of meals. So I said to her, you know what, it's summertime have you know grill a bunch of meat on the barbecue roast some you know sweet potatoes or potatoes in the oven or whack them in the air fryer and then just have some salad stuff and fruit in the fridge pre-cut up your fruit uh, and then what you can do is you can just make the meal uh, when you want the meal but the stuff is already prepped and ready and you're just putting it together so that takes the pressure off you especially this week, having to like make bulk meals um, and cook all of this food for the three of you. And so we can change, you know, our nutrition approach. You know, in wintertime, I love doing a lot of big bulk prep, you know, a lot of slow cooked meals, pressure cooked meals. I love freezing them, stews. But in summertime, we just actually grill um you know barbecue meat a bunch of meat I'll roast up you know a bunch of sweet potatoes or potatoes and we'll just make a big salad uh, and have salad for you know every night with dinner and so we can change our strategy Uh, also another example is your menstrual cycle So your hormones change. And I've spoken about this recently on a podcast episode, episode 192, how hormones affect your training. But an example is that our metabolic rate is about 10% higher in the second phase of our cycle. And so the body really needs an extra 150 to 200 calories per day in that second phase of our cycle. And so we want to change our nutrition strategy a little bit and we potentially need to add an extra snack in in that second phase of our cycle. So that is a condition, uh, uh, a different condition that happens every month for a lot of women and we can develop a strategy for that. Uh, and then we've got, you know, I help women develop certain strategies around injury or pain. So if something's coming up and you're in pain or you have an injury, uh, we definitely, that's a different condition. And so what we're currently doing may not support that injury or that pain. And so we need to change the training strategy to basically focus on that weakness or that pain or that injury. Uh, okay. So I will go in deeper into this stuff in upcoming uh, podcast episodes. I think I have one coming up that's going to talk about training and performing during PMS. So that is obviously a different condition that a lot of women experience uh, during the month that, you know, we'll talk about how we can adapt um, our training and our food and our strategies uh, if you experience PMS and 
you know, I think this is a really important skill. And so it's something that I want to talk more about to help you in your training, to help you plan your training or to help you feel more confident to be able to adapt and modify your training based on what's going on in your body and in your life. But I think that's enough for today. Uh, It was a pleasure to spend this time with you. I truly appreciate you. And I will see you, talk to you soon. Bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.